Now, the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. We're back on WPTF, hour number two of the day after Christmas, Weekend Gardener. Mike Crayley here. Miss Claps off today. Brother Rufus is here along with Gerald Adams, who is a, a curator of grounds, uh, to, so to speak. Yeah, it kind of oversees, uh, helps oversee the operation of the Centennial Campus grounds and the governor and the uh, chancellor's house. And Miss Pam Beck. Everybody knows Pam. She's, uh, gosh, you've been on the show uh, just about from its inception, I I suppose, Uh, at least in the 80s. Yeah, 88, when uh, Irv Evans brought me on the first time. Mm -hmm. My goodness, that was a long time ago. Sure was. But that's okay. You still look young and and, uh, beautiful, and (laughs) you're doing all the – are you – I guess – it. Next year is kind of a question mark, and we get rid of this because you do lectures here and there, and I guess uh, we got to I do I, figure things I, out. I live lecture, yeah, and I have had lots and lots of requests for Zoom programs, which I don't have the technology, I don't have the computer for it, and I I just don't know that I'd have the bandwidth to do a Zoom presentation. But Gerald, maybe I I, I know you give. Quite a few talks, don't you, Gerald? Yeah, do you I, Zoom them? I, I've not done a Zoom yet. I canceled. Well, I didn't cancel. The groups did. I had three garden clubs cancel uh, this year, and then some others that we had tentative lined up. We never set a date because they were, you know, they're not meeting together. Uh, I, you know, I'm Rufus and I. It's funny you mentioned that, Pam. Talked about that this morning. How we hate to do Zoom stuff because <laughs> you don't get the interaction yeah. with the people, even when you're the primary speaker. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's just, uh, I mean, I probably would if somebody asked me because I've got maybe just enough sense to do. I've got a lot of photo presentations that I usually do from the different talks that I do. Uh, but it is, uh, I, I guess it's better than nothing, but it's not the real thing. No, definitely not. Let's uh, check with Sam McKeever out at the State Farmer's Market. He's the manager out there. I bet you have Zoomed a bit this year, haven't you? I have done quite a bit of Zoom. I <laughs> didn't know what Zoom was until COVID came, but I've learned a whole lot of stuff that I didn't do before. Yeah, we all have. <laughs> so so uh, it's right chilly out there this morning. I'm sure there's a demand for firewood right now. I would think so. Uh, in fact, our, our vendors are uh, a little slow getting in. I was going to let everybody know our vendors are getting a little a little slow getting in this morning, especially the produce folks in the farmers building. Uh, they uh, 
can't really uncover their stuff till it gets above freezing. So that may be another hour and a half or so before they can really get their stuff uncovered and right. so everybody can see it. Um, but yeah, it is quite chilly. Um, I'm glad to see the wind has died down at least a little bit for right now, but I think it may pick up later. So. Yeah, I got out and I didn't walk yesterday afternoon. I got out and walked early um, Friday morning, but gee whiz, it was cold enough then and and sort of windy. But uh, yeah, Gerald was uh, you were talking about driving down to the coast. You drove down yesterday and how windy it was. Yeah, I had to, forgot had not winterized our place down there yet, and saw it was going to be twenty five at Emerald last night, and said, "Stupid, you better get on the road." So <laughs> I went down early afternoon and. You know, I got a full you wrap it in a big blanket? Uh, no, not quite. But uh, <laughs> I'm going to tell you, I got a full-size Chevy truck, and it blew me all over the road, especially mm-hmm. as I got down closer to the coast. It was, yeah. it made it kept you awake for sure. The end of that front going up up north, yeah. Tough going out to sea. Uh, so uh, I guess we'll we'll have a few vegetables, some greens, and uh, sweet potatoes yeah, uh, out there. All kinds of greens, uh, kale, mustard, spinach, collards, uh, a lot of apples still coming in. I didn't get the varieties written down because they still had them covered up this morning, but uh, some other things you'll find down in the farmer's building, uh, carrots, beets, uh, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, uh, onions, radishes, rutabagas, cabbage, lettuce, uh, cauliflower, honey, uh, salsa, um, also a lot of tunnel-grown stuff coming in right now, uh, strawberries, some really good tunnel-grown strawberries, tomatoes and squash and things coming in. Uh, of course, uh, sweet potatoes, they're a staple out here. And uh, something I think that will be, like what you mentioned earlier, will be in high demand this weekend. I believe firewood will be in high demand mm-hmm. uh, with the cold weather. Uh, so, uh, and like I said, a lot of the vendors, uh, especially in the, down in the farmer's building, are coming in a little bit later uh, because of the uh, the cold. Uh, really can't get their produce uncovered until you know, it gets above freezing. So the, I imagine in the next hour or so they'll be they'll be down Great. Uh, getting their stuff uncovered. Because I have people going out to the farmers market restaurant this morning. I'm sure that it will... yeah, it, it started out slow, I guess, because of the cold weather, and but it's it's really picked up here in the last thirty minutes. So there's a lot of we we can get some great meals out here at the restaurant. Uh, of course, the state farmers market restaurant, great country cooking. Uh, they're open up till uh, three p.m. this afternoon, and then, of course we got the North Carolina Seafood Restaurant. They uh, open up at 11 and close at 8 and uh, of course we got the inside the market shops got the market grill and uh, you can get you some good food in there they got breakfast uh, hot dogs sandwiches and other things as well so uh well sim i did get i did get my uh, rufus dogs they <laughs> they uh it's a little different twist and we're going to consult some with them but yeah they were they were good they're good their chili's a little spicy uh <laughs> A tad yeah. bit, my friend. Yeah, a, a tad bit, and I, I make a suggestions about the uh, use uh, not the red onions that are really hot. Use those white onions, and the chili is a little spicy. So if you even jo- to you, if you'll join me wow. on that, then I think we can straighten that thing out. Really, I can't. But, it, but it's there, and they they <clears throat> they didn't need any prompting. I said, I, I took. Uh, Went down to see my friend Phil and took eight hot dogs. I said, eight Rufus dogs. <laughs> yes, sir, we do eight eight Rufus dogs. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Word, word got around that somebody showed up and ordered a whole bag of uh, Rufus dogs. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was me. Yeah. I it might be. How about that? Well, I'm, So you didn't eat them all? 
You you shared them. I shared them with Phil and her husband and her boy. All right. Well, that's good. Good person that you are. So, uh, yeah, did, is there any uh, hot apple cider out there anywhere this morning? There that would be some, good. some hot apple cider. Uh, I know one of our apple growers down in the farmer's building sells it, and then you can probably get some of it in the market shops as well. Uh, we do have... We do have a few vendors that are closed this weekend due to the Christmas holiday in the market shops. Uh, see, local seafood, uh, the Market Bakery, and Three Two One Coffee are closed uh, this weekend uh, for Christmas. Also, wanted to mention Market Imports is closed this weekend. Superside is closed this weekend, and of course, the Hunter Pork Center is closed this weekend. They'll open back up on Wednesday. Well, I don't need anything else to eat for a while. Yeah, anyway, I th- I mean, for I a think few days. Going- uh, I know, Speak uh, for yourself. <laughs> I've got some. I've got some good uh, cheese from uh, Sweet yeah. Melissa Pimento cheese. Pimento cheese, yeah, yeah, man. <clears throat> if she could ever market that, Sam, it would be something else. That and uh, the uh, the peanut brittle and just about everything else she makes. You know, she she does, she does pretty well. Uh, so uh, what what else you got in the market shops that uh, it is open? Let's see, we got uh, okay. We got some our farm uh, raised meats and eggs and cheeses. All that a lot of those vendors will still be open today, uh, selling those items. Uh, uh, got North Carolina hammocks that'll be open. Uh, you got candies, uh, fudge, barbecue sauces, things like that. You, you'll still be available. Uh, Anders soap will still be open, um, so you can get hand soaps, lotions, and things like that. Um, let's see, who else are we we missing? Uh, Carolina Crispy Fry will be open today. Um, Chatham Hill Winery will be open today. So uh, there's still, still quite quite a few vendors that will be open. Uh, I did want to mention those few, though, that would be closed if you were coming out here specifically for them. So All right. And I guess uh, Super Sod, I, I don't know if you're uh, doing much sodding uh, no, right now, there. but they're, you know, the it's uh, they have a lot of great advice there. And, and uh, what else what else is going on with them? Well, like I said, Superside's closed. Uh, oh, okay. Imports is closed today. Uh, yeah. uh, but they'll they'll be opening back up later this week. Next, I mean, excuse me, next week. Okay. Um, so, but uh, a lot of them were. I tell you what, the market was really busy Wednesday. Uh, oh, bet so. Yeah. I'm a, I can't remember if I was I was out there Wednesday or or Thursday. I think it was Wednesday. Yeah, it was busy. And Thursday was a a rain out <laughs> for sure. Thursday was uh, Thursday was an unusual day. It sure was. Uh, kind of waiting to see what's going to happen. In, in the meantime, you're getting uh, torrential rain here and there, and wondering if we're going to get tornadoes and things. And I, you know, nobody likes those days. No, that's for sure. Well, Sam, I hope you uh, had a merry. Did you have a nice Christmas? I, I don't did. think I asked I you. Good. Yeah, Good. we had a great one. Great. Did Santa Claus come see Rufus? He certainly did. He oh, goes good. to Rufus for advice. <laughs> <laughs> Not only to visit, I said, keep her in the keep her in the sled row. There you go, <laughs> between the ditches. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, have a happy new year, y'all too. If I yeah, if I don't talk to you before, I'll talk to you next year. All right, buddy. Yeah. Good him. All right, have Bye. a good one. Thanks, you Sam. Too. Bye. Now I brought I brought some peanut bread a lot to Monica and Sam, and I don't know if if Monica gave it gave the what I gave to Sam. If he actually yeah, got it. That, she could be hoarding all that. Hey. I'll have to check with her because he didn't say anything about it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Some shenanigans the, there. More of the weekend gardener coming up.
You're listening to one of the longest-running radio shows in the country, the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. We're back on WPTF at 922. Mike Rayleigh here. Uh, Miss Clapp is off uh, today. We've got Brother Rufus Edmondson and uh, Gerald Adams, who is with the Centennial Campus and formerly uh, the curator of grounds at the Governor's Mansion and writer, author, um, all-around wonderful gardener, former master gardener Pam Beck is is here. And uh, we we haven't talked um, a lot. Of, have y'all been doing much pruning lately? I, I know people people are always wanting to prune this time of year, but it's kind of a dicey time because you don't know if it's going to get cold or yeah, stay dep- warm. It depends what it is. I, I'm cutting back perennials. I've been doing some of that. Now you told me that off the air that you cut back a banana tree mm-hmm. and it uh, around Thanksgiving it came back. It, sprouted, it got warm the week <laughs> after that, sprouted back up and I've cut it back again and got a mound of mulch on top of it now. Yeah. And uh, that's something we discussed early on. Um, but uh, generally, have y'all done a lot of pruning on anything this fall? Uh, the fall we have, but we kind of usually mid-November kind of brings a halt to it, particularly uh, evergreen stuff. You're worried about some plants because, I mean, we had all that warm weather after Thanksgiving and right. it can start to leaf back out. And then you catch two nights like last night and tonight. So I don't suspect we'll be doing a lot more pruning till probably around early March. Pam, you uh, been doing much pruning in your landscape? Well, we have been doing some eradicating. Uh, we are trying to get rid of some things that have gotten away from us, whether it's English ivy or Nandina, all those things that all of us who, when we started out gardening, thought would be pretty in the garden, we found out that they've become thugs, and so <laughs> we're, we're doing that. So Mike and I have spent quite a few days out there. We've been um, hacking away at some of these things with uh, with weed eaters and mattocks and shovels and uh, putting down thick layers of cardboard and lots of leaves on top of that and trying to smother out some things. So our um, our uh, brush piles have grown quite a bit. Plus, we're limbing up a few things. We realize that as, as these um, paths get more overgrown through our woodsy areas, that uh, the deep shade is, is getting... Um, to be a problem for some of the perennials and all. So we've been limbing up some some native hollies and some trees and all. And what's nice is to have that at Christmas time, uh, whether you've limbed up some evergreens um, or some hollies or some of the conifers, you can use that to decorate indoors of the house too. So it's a it's a win win this time of year. But I agree with Gerald. Got to be careful. Now's not the time to trim your boxwoods or azaleas or anything like that yeah you, you can trim rosa sharons because they they, <laughs> they they will bloom anywhere anytime and i and i've been uh, pruning quite a few of them because as they get older they grow up and have an arching impact and it's sort of pretty but it's not it'll it'll drag the tree over after a while because they're sort of a shallow rooted plant and so i sort of give mine a crew cut un, unlike i'm unlike we some people calling uh crepe murder i don't it doesn't matter on a rosa sharon if you apply the uh offense of crepe murder on them you go up to williamsburg and they 
they give crew cuts to to all kinds of things, and it's 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 really kind of interesting. Uh, yeah, what the gardens. Yeah, they're doing pilarding, and um, maybe Gerald can explain that a little better than I can, but it's basically a, a prune back to a group of uh, branches that are going to grow. They take the, the whips or the new growth back, and it's not quite the same as the amputation that we're seeing on a lot of the tree topping that goes on around here with crepe myrtles and some of the other trees. It, it's um, got some thought to it. <laughs> yes, yes. And it's done by arborists. And they know which group of uh, latent bud to go back to. And they do it every year. And you'll see this even in Winston-Salem near the Renolda Garden. There's some uh, large... And at Old Salem. Yeah, and sycamores. So you'll see that they've done that to them. Um and it's it's oftentimes done in Europe. In Paris, you'll see pollarded trees in the mm-hmm. wintertime. And it's a beautiful process. Uh, some some places they used to do this to get the willow cuttings so that they could do the wattle that's so famous in English gardens. But you don't see a whole lot of that here. Usually it's uh, somebody with a chainsaw and a desire to control. That <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm just getting all excited. Yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking at some <laughs> some images of of uh, pollarded, and you get you get some really some of the you get these big knots, they almost mm-hmm. look like joints, uh, uh, on on the tops of uh, of these limbs that that develop, and you see that quite it, often. In it's Williamsburg. a lot of work to do it correctly. <laughs> yeah, I bet it is. Which it, is the reason that people create murder trees. It's a lot uh-huh. of work to selectively prune. And uh, shorten up a crepe myrtle like it should be done versus just whacking, you know, straight line cutting right through it. So if you're interested uh, pl- in pollarding, P-O-L-L-A-R-D, pollarding trees, and you can find a, f- a lot of photos if you're interested in that. And yeah. there's a there's a story that's told about the late, great Dr. J.C. Ralston that someone hired him to come in and prune a tree for them. I think it was a Japanese maple. And after he got through, they said, well, we can't tell that you've done anything. And he said, that's the point. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind of like uh, an executive haircut. <laughs> you just want, a, just want a bit of a trim, a bit of a shaping. And, well, uh, and you don't want to butcher the plant. and no. carry a whole lot away from it. But I do agree with Rufus. There's times when you just have to rehab something. And Rufus, we had a Diana, which is a sterile um, Althea or Rosa Sharon, that fell over this year with all that rain. Oh, wow. At the top of it. They they are sort of shallow rooted. You you know, that that thing goes over. It's uh, it's got to be pruned. It's got to be trimmed. And uh, so we we cut it off at the ground. We're going to let her sprout back out again. Boy, I've learned so much about seeds and pollarding and stuff this morning. That's great. Have a nice um, nice few minutes. So we'll be back uh, on the WPTF for the next half hour on the Weekend Gardener. Get back to the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. We're back on WPTF at 935. You're listening to the WPTF 
Weekend Gardener. And approaching 36 years, uh, January be or, uh, 36, 36 year. So uh, that's it's a pretty good run. 76 year for uh, for gardening. I mean, we're basically the Tar Heel, <laughs> the Tar Heel gardener on steroids because that was a 15 minute show for 40 years. It's it's now that you mentioned that, Mike. I had a woman contact me well about a month or so ago that was getting older, uh, thought she would be moving on to some assisted living, would probably be selling her home and needed to do some prune, some work to get it, the yard looking tidier. Mm-hmm. And John Harris was the person that had recommended and told them everything to plant in their backyard. Wow, they went I to the best. I forget how many years ago. I'm a long time ago. Yeah. Oh, man, that really intrigued me when we went over there. And it's still... Uh, look great today other than there's some things that were overgrown sure. that needed to be shaped up and, and John all that. was an incredible landscape designer and uh, there are man has talked about uh, the the many brides and grooms who've received a landscape uh, design from from uh, as a gift and uh, you know have John Harris design your yard is was really something. But, yeah, he did the show for 40 years, and we was teaching at NC State and retired in 85. And we, uh, Irv Evans and I took over. I was a morning disc jockey. I was kind of uh, here because I was <laughs> I was working. I became a part of the show because of that. But I've certainly learned a lot, and I've learned a lot today already. I learn something every week. If I could just apply it and remember half of it. Remembering it's my problem. Yeah, it's hard to remember all that and stuff. And if you had 100 acres. <laughs> Yeah. Oh wow. No, then you'd need 150. Yeah, so that, that just, yeah. yeah. And and 25 more people to help tend it. Pam, you you listened to the Tar Heel Gardener too, didn't you? Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, I'm going back. <laughs> I mean, it was all it was a blink of the eye. 15 minutes was all he had, but he was famous yeah. all over. You know, PT, PTF was uh, was uh, huge. Uh, uh, radio was uh, was was bigger. Uh, back then, and and uh, it's still big, but it it was even bigger back then. And well, you didn't have you know computers and Google. Yeah, you didn't have back it, then. Didn't so have as you much had to find somebody Certainly. that knew something to get good yeah. advice from. Plus, John was uh, John did did the show with uh, with whomever was on duty, and and back in the day, the 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 big boys, uh, the Osleys and Jacksons and Gaddies and all those guys did did the show with him because they were. They had weekend duty back then, so I I was a morning disc jockey. Was I'm I'm very thankful I was in that position. It's wor- it's worked out okay for me, and uh, hopefully for everybody uh, for the listeners. Uh, hope hope you've enjoyed the show. Uh, oh, this morning or otherwise, nine one nine eight six zero nine seven eight three nine one nine eight six zero WPTF, and we talk we've talked a little bit about. The cold, talked about bulbs this morning, uh, pruning. Gerald, uh, there's not a lot we can be doing. We've talked about Superside. They're not open uh, this weekend. But there's not a lot we can be doing to the grass right now. No, you you can. Uh, <clears throat> I would recommend highly if you've got some winter weeds and you, you need to do something about that. I noticed in my daughter's yard the uh, day before yesterday some chickweed. And then she, I thought you uh, gave, uh, put out a Bermuda 
Bermuda sod for she, her. I did. She's got a and fine got stand of Bermuda, but she over there close to the neighbor, you know, how oh, okay. those people beside you can Yeah, not they may not have stuff. Bermuda to choke it out. But she's, she's got a little chickweed started in a, a spot over there, so I'm thinking a day it gets a little warmer, I'm going to spray and knock that in the head because you certainly don't want it to bloom, and then you've got chickweed everywhere. Now, is... Bermuda a little more sensitive to chemicals like centipede? And no, B- Bermuda, generally speaking, uh, is probably comes to mind. I can't think of any grass that's um, less sensitive. Yeah, the certainly the wire grass isn't, which the, is the exception Bermuda. being, of course, if it's hot enough. You know, if it's ninety degrees, you can do damage even to Bermuda. Mm-hmm. Uh, but generally speaking, it's nowhere near like centipede. And even some of the zoysias, some of the finer blade zoysias, where you have to make sure you really follow those instructions to the T on how frequent the quantity and the temperature uh, when you're spraying. And typically, uh, this, I mean, I laid sod, so obviously had, she had a good stand to start with. Mm-hmm. But this happens to be on a side where I had, uh, we had a little bit of uh, some wild garlic pop up. Uh, and a little bit of clover, and when I sprayed to kill the clover, it was an area where the Bermuda wasn't quite as thin, and now, lo and behold, that's where the chick Rufus is a little bit sensitive about killing clover. Well, do you want to do you all want to discuss if, that? If or? all you got clover's fine, but if it's in your Bermuda, one of the two's got to go. <laughs> yeah, I, I understand that. Now, by the way, what kind of sprayer are you using? Uh, I use a, I have a backpack, Jack Toe backpack. No, I, I'm sprayer. talking about the solution. Uh, I'm using our for that speed zone is is what I use, which, which is, doesn't take real warm weather. It, it, no, it's just, it, you got to get above forty, right? Something like that. If it if it's uh, for the chickweed, if it was over fifty and sunny, it will be slower to work, but most of the time it will get it. If you got right down to the nitty gritty, it may tell you sixty or better for that. But it it's. Uh, as when everything else depends on what you're trying to kill. So if it's a weed that's not difficult to kill, sometimes you got a little more leeway uh, on being dead on the appropriate temperature. But for right. some of your difficult weeds, you but, better be but on certainly the not not a Roundup solution. No, no, no. you got to have a seventy or eighty on that. That's right. Now that's this right. is a broadleaf weed. This solution. this is a broadleaf, and it's uh, it's a combination. The speed zone has 2,4-D, which is your old, long-time yeah. broadleaf weed killer, is one of the ingredients. But it also has a clover killer in it as well because 2,4-D will not kill clover. That's the one thing it doesn't kill. Mm-hmm. So you've got to have one of the clover killers added to it. And that's what I like about it. It's already mixed. It's already got the different chemicals in it. Now, Irv Evans used to mention 2,4-D, MCPP, and mm-hmm. dicamba. Now, I know there's been some controversy over dicamba, out west uh there has and there's been some changes taken out of some mixes the what is it i think it's msma which is the other clover killer also so there uh there have been some changes in some of the chemical mixes and and once again i point out to people even if you have used something before when you buy a new product the label is on there for a reason take it off and read it because sometimes they make changes. There may be a change in the quantity that you're mixing. It may be a higher percentage solution or a lower percentage than what you bought before, which means it would take more of it. There may be a change in what temperatures it works best in. 
Uh, and just because it's something you bought five years ago doesn't mean it's the exact same product that you're buying now. So it's really important to take off and just shoot through uh, that label again because uh, <clears throat> I bring back my – I pick on my brother Wesley sometimes, but he complained one time about the generic Roundup not being any good. He was spraying a fence line and only kind of burn it. It didn't kill it. And I asked him how he mixed it. And he said, well, said it's supposed to be around two ounces a gallon, but I put five ounces because I wanted to really wipe it out. What it did is the chemical is just like you touching your finger to a flame. It would not suck the chemical into the root system because it could tell something wasn't right. It was too hot of a mix. So consequently, uh, it just burned the tips yeah. where Roundup works because it sucks the chemical all the way down to the root system, and that's how it kills the whole plant. Uh, so there's a, a reason to follow those instructions. Is Speed Zone available? To, it, to... it should be available at, at most any, and they've got a number of Speed Zone products now. They have they have a Speed Zone that's more geared for southern use because we uh, have a different plant palette or right. and weed pl- palette here as well. But any of your better home and garden places should should carry it. Uh, uh, Pam, do you do you have a uh, a large uh, landscape of of lawn grass or or are you like me? You've 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 take most of it is taken up with other types of plants. Well, yes, we used to keep um, turf grass out in the front. Uh, when the children were young and our son was kicking a soccer ball around and stuff like that. But as soon as the kids hit the road, we, uh, we have been subdividing everything into, into paths and um, small areas. But, you know, uh, like Rufus, I'm a fan of having clover and things like that. I've got uh, anything that grows in that area and is green and we mow it, that's, that's our lawn area. Mm-hmm. I, in fact, um, through the woods, what I've done is nurtured the moss. And um, where Gerald was talking about what, what can you do right now, one thing I would encourage people who do have turf grass, especially if you've got fescue, <clears throat> sorry, is there are leaves that are still coming down that you could get off that turf grass. And likewise with the moss. Moss has to photosynthesize, so if you've got mossy paths or a, a moss garden in your landscape, be sure you keep the leaf, the leaf litter off of that. Well, that's good to know. I did not know that moss had to photosynthesize. It, it does, and in fact, there's a wonderful book written by Mossy Annie. Is her right, name. we've talked about her on this show. Yeah, in Brevard, and um, she is the moss queen, and that lady wrote a book about everything about mosses. Her name's Ann Martin, A-N-N-E, I think, Martin. I'll try to find the – oh, here it is. It's The Magical World of Moss Gardening by Annie, A-N-N-I-E, Martin, M-A-R-T-I-N. And um, she tells you not only in her book what all the things that moss needs and how to propagate it and that type of thing and create your own mossy gardens – whether you want just a, a sustainable garden in the shade or whether you want a Japanese-style garden or whatever you want to do. She also um, tells you how to identify all the different types of mosses that there are. And you start looking at things much more closely when you realize that there are hundreds of mosses that grow here in North Carolina, and um, you can enjoy so many of them. Uh, so I 
I have really let the shade areas go, and I love our mossy paths and um, and moss over the drain field area. You need a good source of buttermilk if you want to grow <laughs> if you want to grow good moss. That, that, yeah, the irony is is that uh, moss like compost it just kind of happens. Yeah, um, if you've got a very acidic soil, you've got moisture and shade. Uh, you've got the the perfect habitat for moss. And we have fairly fairly acidic soil around here. Yes, um, uh, without a soil test, it's uh, somewhere around 4.5 in much of Wake County, up, especially up here where the clay and rock is, as yeah. opposed to the sandier areas. But yes, um, we've got an ideal environment for moss, and I was glad I took a class from her on mosses and uh, learned so much more. It is a group of plants that are fascinating, and they're beautiful, and it's a treat to be able to walk along and and touch moss and sit on it, and um, the kids the kids love it, too. They really get a kick out of it. Sam's telling me we need to take a break, so we'll take a break. More of the Weekend Gardener coming up here on WPTF. Enough of that, that moss stuff. We'll, we'll talk about it after, after the, we take a break here. More of the Weekend Gardener coming up on WPTF. It's 948. For 40 years, it was the Tar Heel Gardener. And since then, the Weekend Gardener has invited you into their backyard. A WPTF tradition since 1945. Back on WPTF at 952, Mike Rayleigh here along with Rufus Edmonston and Gerald Adams and Pam Beck. Wow, what a group. Olivia is it's our second Zebulon caller this morning. We've got a we're, we've cornered Zebulon. Good morning, Olivia. Good morning. Uh, I have a question. I have a problem with fern. I don't know what kind it is. It's tall. It's dark green. It lives right through the winter. It. I want to get rid of it, and we planted some, and I think some has just sort of spread on its own. What can I spray that with? When how tall is it? Is it three to four foot tall? Um, two to three yeah, foot tall. That tall, yeah. Uh, out of that, um, I don't know. Right off the top of my head, uh, it, it is possible if you had warmer weather that Roundup might would do it in. Uh of course, the top of my mind says I hate to see a fern bite the dust, even though I technically if it's somewhere you don't want it to be, I guess you would now call it a weed. Uh, well, let me just tell you the truth. <laughs> <laughs> well, we we I always like that on this show. I, At, I didn't put it there, but I have some people that are trying to do an aggressive uh, possession of my property. And one of the ways, one of the old-timey ways is to plant stuff on your property or to put things on your property you can't remove. And they have uh, planted a great deal of it up down by my creek bed and across the back of my property. So I'm wondering, I saw a catalog um, that I got in the mail, plant catalog, and it says burnout is 
is something that can be used near stream beds, and I'm wondering if that's something you're familiar with and if that's possible. Uh, I am not. I would have to see the the actual chemical. There is an aquatic Roundup, which is a slightly different chemical that you spray close to uh, water, Uh, and that particular name that you mentioned does not ring a bell to me, but that is probably what it is or something very simpler uh, similar to it. Uh, you you can smother stuff sometimes by covering it up with plastic. Most all of that, though, tends to work better when you have warmer weather, which gives you some di- additional heat stress to it. You know, uh, Pam mentioned earlier this morning about putting cardboard over stuff and then covering it up with mulch. That's another way of kind of choking it out without you're not using any kind of chemical or whatsoever and tends to be pretty, pretty effective. You know, if somebody puts you in a chokehold and you can't breathe, you're not going to be here much longer. Uh, well, so. my problem is that this is at the back of about uh, 12 acres. Mm. And, so you got a lot of it. Uh, yes, yes. And it, I do ferns, if I know how it propagates, I can start to do some things on my own. But this is something I have to do something about. I cannot let it go on. Um, okay, the, the, I... I well, I'm sorry, Olivia. I, I have a few questions for you. First of all, um, if it's in the back of the woods area, the ferns may be naturally occurring. No, um, no, it was not there. Yeah. It was not there two years ago. No. Okay. I've lived on okay. this property right. for a long time. <laughs> all right. Well, then the question I have is um, it depends on what type of fern it is. Yes, you're right. Some of them uh, will spread underground. Others just um, it's spores that, that cause the ferns to pop up. If it's a clumping type of fern, like a Christmas yes. fern, you could, you could um, like Gerald was talking about, and what I'm doing is you'd go through, and I, I hate to talk about cutting down ferns, but I understand your plight. If you cut it off with a weed whacker, Put put some uh, cardboard or some leaves or something on top of that, then it won't have any any sunlight hit it, so it can't photosynthesize, so it should kill it. If it's a clumping type fern, if it's a running fern like a hay-scented fern or something like that, then um, sometimes it will still even if you go through and you cut it all off with a weed whacker um, and put cardboard on it and leaves on it then um, sometimes that will still sprout up, but you could hit it then maybe next spring with something like a spray of some sort. But um, it's, it's hard when you're dealing with a stream because you don't want to put any poisons in the stream that are going to affect you know, right. all the aquatic right. life that's in there. And But I Absolutely. do understand um, your concerns about... Um, about potentially having a, a dispute over borders, and well, um, so <laughs> this this is this is it's it's at the point that um, they will be able to take my property in a year, so um, I have to do something about it. Uh, the the it's a legal situation, and we're handling that part of it. Okay. But I want this off of my property because it is being used to mark things that no mm. one else would have. It, it it will stand up in court where they're marking. That's what uh, I'm trying to say. Well, I really appreciate okay. your yes, suggestions, ma'am. and thank you so much. Sure. And yeah. just be Good you luck. know be warned that 
uh, I think the old time law is in most states 20 years. So it may be shorter. I'm not sure. It could be seven years if they pay taxes. But I do appreciate y'all so much. I enjoy this show and I appreciate all the people on it. Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much. Uh, Have a happy new year, Olivia. Thank you very much. Yes, ma'am. Bye. Uh, the, uh, yeah, you, you have to be so careful when there are bodies of water around and, uh, you know, we, we see signs all along the Noose River Basin and, and it, you know, we get, the water is so precious we, and there's so many people and we haven't had a good drought in a while and, and, uh, you know, it gets scary when, when, um, everybody's claiming we haven't to cut back on watering things and, uh, you know. Be careful with the water and and, and the chemicals that you uh, uh, use in the landscape. So be judicious about that. More of the Weekend Gardener coming up on WPTF. Only one more hour for this year. See, we'll have a new show next year. Uh, Weekend Gardener of 2021. More of the Weekend Gardener coming up here on WPTF. WPTF.